From the wilderness of Kodiak Island, Alaska, this is Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier with your host, Robin Bearfield. In a land full of peril and vicious animals, humans are the most dangerous predators of all. Friends and family describe Vladimir Petrovich Kostinko as a seeker, a man searching for the meaning of life and hoping to find his place and purpose in the universe. Alaska, with its raw, untamed wilderness, is a place popular for seekers, trying to find themselves, calm their minds, and even attain spiritual enlightenment. Unfortunately, though, many of these dreamers have no idea how to survive in the harsh environment of the northern wilderness. Alaska is often breathtaking, beautiful, and peaceful, but it can also be a fierce monster waiting for you to make a fatal mistake. Chris McCandless either starved to death or ate something poisonous during his quest for enlightenment, and Timothy Treadwell felt he was at one with the bears until one killed and ate him. The Alaska environment demands respect from those who travel there. And if you neglect to respect the wilderness, you will be lucky to survive. Was Vladimir Kostinko an ill-prepared seeker? Or did something more sinister happen to him? Welcome to Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. I'm your host, Robin Bearfield, and I'm broadcasting to you from the heart of the Kodiak National Wildlife Refuge on Kodiak Island in Alaska. Vladimir Kostinko was born in the North Caucasus region of southern Russia. In 1999, Vladimir, his 12 brothers and sisters, and his parents fled to the United States to escape religious persecution, and the family settled in Walla Walla, Washington. Vladimir was 22 years old when he immigrated to America, and the sudden change of culture and language jarred him. According to his youngest sister, Alla, Vladimir was quiet and spiritual, always searching to understand the meaning of his life. In 2011, Vladimir returned to Russia to live in a sort of hippie community. Several years later, he traveled to the Ukraine, where he followed the teachings of a controversial Ukrainian evangelist named Vladimir Mutyan. Vladimir eventually returned to Walla Walla, and lived on a friend's property, where he worked as an automobile mechanic. When asked if he would like to drive a load of furniture to Alaska, Vladimir jumped at the opportunity. Dmitry Kudrin did not know Vladimir well, but their two families met in Walla Walla and had much in common. The Kudrin family was also large with 12 children, and they too fled to the U.S. to escape religious persecution. In 1999, Dimitri moved to Wasilla, Alaska, and became a successful but shady businessman. In fact, the truck Dimitri asked Vladimir to drive to Alaska contained Chinese knockoff imitations of Italian furniture, which Dimitri and his associates then turned around and sold as authentic Italian originals. 
In 2019, a federal judge eventually sentenced Dimitri to a year in prison for the furniture scam and ordered him to repay $586,748.22 to the buyers he deceived. Dimitri's crimes, though, amounted to much more than nearly $600,000 in fraudulent furniture sales. According to a federal court sentencing report, Dimitri's business activities were the subject of a law enforcement investigation for almost a decade. Dimitri's biggest scam was purchasing gray market refurbished Apple products, repackaging them, and selling them as new. He sold most of these products in Europe, and according to court records, he amassed $60 million in profits over four years with the scheme. Unfortunately, prosecutors did not have enough evidence to charge Dimitri with the Apple scam. Still, they were able to charge him with wire fraud when he used Craigslist to sell the Chinese furniture as authentic Italian. It is doubtful Vladimir knew anything about the furniture he drove to Alaska. He simply drove the truck north to help a family friend. And Dmitry Kudrin promised to reward Vladimir by allowing him to stay at his cabin in the middle of the wilderness. If Vladimir learned about the fake Italian furniture, he did not share this information with anyone. The cabin where Vladimir dreamed of staying sat in the Purchase Creek Valley on the western side of Hatcher Pass near Willow, Alaska. The dry cabin measured only 12 by 20 feet. To reach it, Vladimir would need to hike 14 miles from Hatcher Pass Road over the mountains. The cabin had no phone or radio and was not near any other habitations. Dmitri Kudrin told Vladimir he was welcome to use his cabin, but Dmitri worried when Vladimir only wanted to take five pounds of oatmeal and no other food. He also did not wish to carry a gun or even take bear spray. The cabin was well stocked with canned goods, but Dmitri doubted Vladimir would have enough food for a prolonged stay. Dmitri says he tried to convince Vladimir to prepare himself better for the Alaska wilderness, but Vladimir remained steadfast. He wanted to stay at the cabin, and he planned to travel light. Vladimir did carry his iPhone and an external power bank with a solar recharging function. He could not get a cell phone signal from the cabin, but he could pick up a signal by climbing partway up a nearby mountain. He also had a phone signal for the first few miles during his hike to the cabin. I want to take a moment. If you're like me, you're always looking for new podcasts. I recently found a good one, and this is a weekly podcast. I respect podcasters who can produce an episode weekly. Meet Carrie and Quinlan, two female comedians from Brooklyn. They host Truly Darkly Creeply, a comedic podcast with paranormal and true crime stories. This is their promo. Hi, I'm Carrie Abuma. I'm Quinlan Foster. And we have a podcast called Truly Darkly Creeply. Creeply. 
We think you're going to love it. We think you're really going to... If you don't love it, you'll like it a lot. If And if you don't like it, you'll hate it. But what did you lose, really? What? An hour? You're doing dishes. Relax. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. But don't relax too much. You Those dishes do need to get they done. They do need to be done. If it's true, if it's dark, if it's creepy, we talk about it. It qualifies. If we talk cults. We talk heists. We talk paranormal. Kidnappings. Aliens. Ghosts. And murders. Serial killer. You know, the typical fare. More importantly, we have fun. If you want to have fun, come on down. If it's free. What it's are you very losing? casual. <laughs> Wear whatever you want. Show up whenever you want. Hey, no shirt, no shoes. Yes, podcast. So listen to Truly Darkly Creeply wherever you download podcasts. On August 18, 2018, Vladimir took a taxi from Dmitri's Wasilla office to Hatcher Pass Road, and he began hiking. He sent Kudrin two messages and photos on his way to the cabin. One shows the mountains already turning gold as autumn approached. Over the next two months, Vladimir periodically sent Dmitri messages telling him about his battle with a pesky squirrel and describing how much he loved staying at the cabin. When Kudrin sent a text asking Vladimir if he had enough food, Vladimir replied he had enough food for three years, and he said he was on day six of fasting. Kudrin worried the 145-pound, 6-foot-1-inch Vladimir would lose too much weight if he did not eat. In September, friends who were hunting in the area stopped by the cabin and left Vladimir food, including smoked salmon and fresh baked bread. In a text message, Vladimir said he picked cranberries and blueberries and boiled them into jam. He told Kudrin he had no plans to leave the cabin. Another friend stopped by the cabin in late October, and a short while later, the text messages stopped. The text might have ceased because the deep snow on the mountains prevented Vladimir from climbing high enough to get a cell phone signal. Also, the diminishing daylight hours with the sun low on the horizon might not have provided enough sunlight to maintain a charge for his iPhone battery. On November 3rd, Dmitri said he and his brother Vitaly began to worry about Vladimir. And since both brothers are pilots, they decided to fly past the cabin to check on Vladimir. At this point, the story begins to get strange. In addition to his other ambitious enterprises, Dmitri has his own YouTube channel called Crave Life, which features outdoor adventures and chronicles Kudrin's life as a traveling businessman. Dmitri apparently thought the welfare check on Vladimir provided perfect fodder for his show. He titled the first video, Alaska Rescue Mission by Air. The tightly edited piece shows Dimitri shopping for food and then packaging the food in orange Home Depot buckets. While the video rolls, Dimitri explains to his audience that he is worried about his friend who is staying in a remote cabin, and he plans to help his friend by dropping buckets of food to him. In the video, Dmitri and Vitaly fly out to the cabin. 
They descend low enough to see a man, who could be Vladimir, emerge from the cabin and stand on the front porch. While Dmitri flies the plane, his brother drops the two buckets of food. In the video, Dmitri and Vitaly claim they heard Vladimir say he plans to hike out and return to civilization soon. It is evident in the video, though, they are too far away, and the roar of the plane engine is too loud to hear anything Vladimir might have said. Vitaly later admitted he and his brother interpreted Vladimir's hand signals to mean he planned to leave the cabin soon. Dmitri titled his second YouTube Crave Life video in the Vladimir series, Alaska Hike Gone Horribly Wrong, Alaska State Troopers Notified. Dmitri begins this video by telling viewers that his friend did not hike out as planned, and he is afraid his friend might be starving to death. Although Dmitri did not post this video until February 5th, he says he is filming it on December 23rd. When he goes to Home Depot to buy more buckets, Christmas decorations appear in the background of some of the shots. This time, Dimitri packages three buckets of food and writes, Merry Christmas on the buckets. He and his brother fly back toward the remote cabin where they find the door covered with a brown sheet of metal roofing and they see snow on the smokestack, suggesting no one has used the wood stove in a while. The Kudrin brothers drop the buckets from the plane, even though they can see Vladimir is no longer at the cabin. Dmitri then strangely says he hopes there's not a frozen body in the cabin. Considering they just noted a sheet of metal nailed over the front door, how could Vladimir still be inside the cabin? Dmitri and Vitaly next hire a helicopter to take them out to the cabin so they can inspect it more closely. Dmitri again films the expedition for his YouTube channel. This video is titled, Searching Alaska Backcountry for Missing Man. What I Saw Left Me Speechless. The brothers pry the metal off the door and enter a tidy cabin, but they find no clues to indicate what happened to Vladimir. Dimitri's last video in the series is titled, Alaska State Troopers, Backcountry Mountain Search for Missing Man. It shows Dimitri and Vitaly returning to the remote cabin on snow machines, and this time two Alaska State Troopers accompany them. The group finds no sign of Vladimir. Let me take a break from the story for a minute. In addition to writing about true crime, I'm an Alaska wilderness mystery author. I recently finished my fifth novel, and it should be released within the next couple of months. Meanwhile, let me tell you about the plot of one of my other novels, The Fisherman's Daughter. Alaska State Trooper Dan Patterson fears a serial killer is murdering women on Kodiak Island. A woman was found floating in the boat harbor in May. In October, an off-duty trooper stumbled upon the body of an 18-year-old girl in the woods. And later that month, two young boys discovered the bones of Deanna Kerr 
entwined in a pile of kelp on the beach. When a ranger discovers the body of a fourth woman, Patterson calls the FBI for assistance, and the authorities try to determine if anything, or anyone, ties the young women together. When the murderer strikes again, tensions escalate, and Patterson knows they must catch this monster before another woman dies. If you feel brave enough, read The Fisherman's Daughter and take a trip to beautiful, mysterious, deadly Kodiak Island. Vladimir's youngest sister, Ala, who lives in Hawaii, claims that in late December 2018, the Alaska State Troopers told her that Vladimir recently boarded a plane for Portland with a connection to Hawaii. Ala said she repeatedly asked the troopers if they were confident that Vladimir Kostinko, ticketed on the flight to Hawaii, was her brother. Vladimir Kostinko is a reasonably common name in Russia but the troopers assured her the man ticketed to fly to Hawaii was her brother. Alla and her family felt relief to learn Vladimir was safe, but the situation did not make sense. It was unlike Vladimir to be so inconsiderate and not let anyone know he was safe and planned to travel to Hawaii. Surely he would have contacted Dmitri and thanked him for the use of his cabin. Alla waited for Vladimir to call her, but when he did not call, she worried he was homeless, wandering through Hawaii by himself. In May 2019, the troopers again notified Alla, telling her they had a record of a Vladimir Kostinko traveling on an international flight through Portland. Alla demanded to see a photo of this man, and he turned out to be an older man traveling with his wife and two kids. The Alaska State Troopers then denied ever telling Alla a Vladimir Kostinko boarded a plane in Anchorage in late December. They insisted they only told her a Vladimir Kostinko had a ticket to fly from Portland to Hawaii. The troopers told Alla that they think her brother is still in Alaska, but they do not know if he is dead or alive. Alla and her family are now grappling with the uncertainty of the situation. They do not believe Vladimir would have willingly cut off contact with his family, and they think he probably died trying to hike back to civilization. Alla said her brother spent a great deal of time fasting while he was at the cabin, and maybe he was too weak to walk out through the snow. When Vladimir first hiked the trail to the cabin at Purchase Creek at the end of the summer, he climbed over the mountains. According to Vitaly Kudrin, the hike out in the winter would not have been as easy. A well-defined trail marks the first six miles, but then it continues in a westerly direction through a broad, marshy valley on its way to the park's highway. Vitaly thinks if Vladimir got confused and tried to cross the creek to go south to the Willow Road, he could have fallen into the creek and got wet. In the sub-zero temperatures in December in Alaska, it is perilous to get wet. If hypothermia set in, Vladimir might have simply sat down and died. With only a few 
hours of daylight in December in the area of Alaska where the cabin sat, Vladimir had a limited travel window, and he had to cover 14 miles through deep snow and unfamiliar country. The troopers believe Vladimir departed the cabin on December 3rd because his cell phone last pinged then. They think his phone pinged when he reached the fork in the trail six miles from the cabin, where his phone must have picked up a signal from a cell tower for a few moments. Where is Vladimir Kostenko? Did he walk out of the wilderness and into a new life, away from his family and friends? Maybe while fasting at the isolated cabin in the wilderness, Vladimir decided his path forward should be alone and unencumbered by his past relationships. We cannot rule out this possibility, even though his sister does not believe Vladimir would leave without informing his family he was safe. The made-for-YouTube video drama produced by convicted felon Dmitry Kudrin injects a strange side story into this drama. Dmitry posted the episodes months after Vladimir disappeared and at a time when Dmitry was actively seeking subscribers for his Crave Life's channel. Still, Dmitry most likely is guilty only of exploiting a tragic situation and not guilty of creating the terrible drama only to draw new subscribers to his YouTube show. Vladimir Kostenko probably died on December 3, 2018, or soon after, when something went terribly wrong while he hiked 14 miles in the dead of winter to reach the park's highway and return to civilization. Did he get lost? Was he too weak to make the trek? Did he get wet? We may never know the answers to these questions, even if a hiker someday finds his bones. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you to my patrons for your support. Check out the show notes for more information on how you can support this podcast and unlock extra episodes by joining the Last Frontier Club. You can also search for this podcast on Patreon to learn more about the Last Frontier Club. I'll see you soon for the next episode of Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier.